Hey everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Jim and the King NFL podcast. I'm Jim, sitting in the war rooms at Denver Dave and Punk Raider, and we're here to talk about the NFL. Hello, boys. Bonjour. <laughs> ah. Good evening. Bonsoir. How are we all? Very good. Very good, Punk. How are you? Bonsoir. Ça va? <laughs> I don't make him talk. Yeah, good. Tres bien. Tres bien. <laughs> We've had a bit of a break, but we're back now. Uh, ready to kick off the, the draft season. We're a few weeks away from the NFL draft. Uh, so today we're going to be starting our uh, pitch draft to Punk. So Dave and I are going to be chief scouting and Punk will be uh, picking the top half of this uh, this draft board. Before we do that, boys, we're going to talk about the latest news. There's only one massive bit of news uh, on the time that we were away. And that was uh, on the 5th of April, the Carolina Panthers made their move at QB, not to move up in the draft, but they picked up Sam Darnold from the Jets. The Jets received the sixth round pick this year, which is the 226th pick. And uh, next year, they'll get a second round pick and a fourth round pick. Carolina is going to exercise the fifth year option on Darnold's rookie contract, which puts its salary for 2022 at $18.9 million per spot track. Darnold only turns 24 in June and was drafted third overall in 2018 by the Jets. What do you reckon, boys? Was this a good move for Carolina? Was it a good move for Sam Darnold? Was it a good move for the Jets? Uh, I think it's a good move all around. Jets mm-hmm. have obviously had enough. Yeah, um, and they're deciding to go in a different direction, which is, I think, is fair enough. Um, I personally wouldn't. I, th- I think they can uh, they can still get more out of him, um, but they've opted to move off. I think the value that they were wanting uh, in terms of draft picks probably wasn't there in the market. I think they tested the market out, and there's enough teams willing to sort of either hold with what they got or test the market with other quarterbacks. Um, and ultimately, I think uh, the Panthers probably gave an offer, sat on the offer, thinking I think that's probably good enough, and um, ended up getting their man. So I think it's a good move all around. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I think if the Jets have made their mind up to move on, then there's no point keeping him around. Um, I think it's a good move for Donald. Panthers have got um, the 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 makings of a decent team there. Um, you know. You've got a running game there to help him out as well with McCaffrey. Um, you know, Teddy Bridgewater was only ever going to be a stopgap. Uh, he's entering the last year of his contract, I think. So, you know, it it it, it bodes well for Donald that he can go into camp, have a competition, win the job, and yeah, sit in Carolina for for ten years or more, possibly. Who knows? I think there's there's another positive and negative that we could look at in this. And the first positive is the fact that, as you say, it gives them options. Um, they've essentially got two good starting quarterbacks not brilliant but you know good middle of the range quarterbacks who can both start and it gives them the ability to almost play them off against each other um the other positive is if they want to they can get rid of um bridgewater and get you know some some or all, all of the capital back that they paid for sam donald and end up getting donald for free the bad news is there are a lot of people of course who think that Donald isn't necessarily an upgrade. I personally do. I think he's younger, fitter, stronger. I think he's a much better player. So I think there's every opportunity that the uh, Panthers have bagged themselves a bargain. But ultimately, we're not going to know until the new season probably finishes. Um, but I think it's a wise move. I think it's a very wise move. This does continue a worrying trend for the Jets' first-round picks not working out. All of their picks from 2013 to 2018 now have either been traded away uh, or cut. So you're looking at Sheldon Richardson, Calvin Pryor, Leonard Williams, Darren Lee, Jamal Adams, and Sam Darnold now. A few of those haven't been because they're no good. A few of them are just because they don't want to play for the Jets anymore. Mm. Um, notably, Jamal Adams. So <laughs> I think you know the Jets have have been notorious for 
not picking well in the first round. So it shouldn't really be much of a surprise to any of us. Mm. I think what it is, is the Jets need to prove to players as much as the players need to prove to the Jets. You know, they need to have a couple of decent seasons and show progression so that players do want to stay and players do want to go there. You know, I mean, it's it's still point. a New York market at the end of the day. So, you know, players, if, if, if they're playing for a decent team in New York, will love it. Yeah. But the Jets have to get that consistency going. Yeah, I think you raise a really good point there. You need to want you need to want players to want to come to you. Yeah, um, and I don't. The thing is, the Jets now feel like a different team mm. with Salah there, and with you know even what they've done in free agency, just the way they're going about stuff. You're not getting stupid stories being leaked all the time, and you're not getting you know executives coming out and criticizing players. I mean, what's that about? Name one of the team <laughs> where you're getting like uh, a what was it the I think it was the chief executive officer officer of player personnel coming out and slagging off the offensive line. When does that happen <laughs> with any other team? It just doesn't. It just feels like a different team. But ultimately, time's going to tell. You know, we don't. I don't think we know necessarily what the Jets' identity is going to be. Um, and in a weird sort of way, it's kind of exciting that we don't. Yeah. Well, let's let's see how it goes. Um, what I want to do is move on straight away, boys, to this this mock draft, Punk. You are going to be the arbiter. You are going to take it in terms of being the GM of each team. Uh, you are going to specify a position that me and Dave have to help fill for you. And then it's up to me and Dave to argue the best player for that position. And you'll ultimately make a decision on each one. We'll do the top 16 on this podcast. We'll do the, t- the second 16 on the next one. So hopefully we won't take too long. But let's see how we go. So you are the Jacksonville Jaguars GM. What do you want us to do, Punk? And I am on the clock. Mm. So, Jaguars, um, are positions of need. I mean, what I, what we'll do is we'll, we'll go through exactly what each team needs and probably pick out three or four positions. Um, and then you guys can tell me on, on who you think the best player out of those positions um, will be for my franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's a bit different to how we normally do a mock draft, um, yeah. but hopefully it works. So um, I'm going to rattle through this quite quickly, to be honest. Quarterback, defensive end, cornerback, and offensive tackle. I think you might even both probably agree on yeah. this first pick. But <laughs> This might be the only one. Okay. Scout, so, scout day. I know that we're supposed to be on. doing coming to you as a scout, but I'm not going to you. On this occasion only, <laughs> oh, I'm breaking the rules immediately. Yeah, I'm, instead of me coming to you as a scout, I'm coming to you as the owner and saying, here, Mr. GM, <laughs> if you do not pick Trevor Lawrence, you're fired. Not only are you fired, I will make sure you never, never manage in the NFL again. I'll make sure you never manage in the Canadian football league again. You're picking Trevor Lawrence. Now shut up. That's what you're going to do. There you go. <laughs> uh, well, okay. um, Scout, scout, scout Jeem. <laughs> Yeah, Scout yeah. Team. What are you? What are you doing? Yeah, I think that's quite, quite, quite an argument for you know. <laughs> it's hard to argue with the owner. I mean, so I think the guy's pretty close to a perfect recruit. He's been a slam dunk pick for so long that people are starting to doubt it just because it happens when the draft gets so close. But he has all the traits you want, Punk. He won a national championship in his first year at Clemson. He can make all the throws. There are only two knocks I can find in his game. Sometimes he locks onto his first read, and his spidey sense in the pocket is a little bit rubbish. But that's true for most college prospects. I think it would be he would have been a toss-up last year for number one pick against Joe Burrow. So, yeah, I have to agree with the owner Dave in that I think that you probably should be selecting Trevor Lawrence with the number one overall pick. 
yeah, the number of screen passes that he completes. I mean, it's that's one of the major knocks on Mac Jones, which we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about later on. Um, he has more screen passes than anyone else in college. But at the same time, he, every other part of his game looks great. The number of screen passes is a slight concern in the fact that a lot of the time, how much it's how much the time is he taking the easy way out? But don't let that put you off. He is the standout um, recruit. And first overall, you absolutely should be taking Trevor Lawrence and Trevor Lawrence only. Well, I guess saying is uh, you've both actually agreed on one, and it's probably going to be <laughs> the only one for the entire evening. Maybe. Um, I think I think the Jaguars with the number one overall pick might just pick Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> I mean, that's a terrible pick. I don't know what you're thinking, but okay. <laughs> I mean, who who on earth would have thought that? Disgraceful. I mean, this right. has got a bit of controversy going on already. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move right. on. Moving on. Number two pick in the 2021 draft is the uh, New Jersey Jets. Ooh. So. Uh, for the Jets, chaps, we need quarterback, cornerback, defensive end, and running back. So uh, this time we'll go the other way around. So Jim, what are you what are you selling? Who are you selling to? Me? Yeah, well now you've got rid of Darnold. I think we're going to have to pick up a running back to counter that game. No, we're going to do a quarterback again. Now a lot of mock drafts have Zach Wilson from BYU as the favourite to be number two overall. As I'm going to try and be a little bit different. I'm going to offer you Justin Fields, who I think is the better prospect from Ohio State. Uh, he transferred from Georgia in 29 to Ohio State. Fields was on fire his first season with the Buckeyes. 67% completion for 3,273 yards, 41 touchdowns, just three interceptions. He also ran for 500 yards and 10 touchdowns. 2020 was a bit more mixed in terms of regular season performance, but he did get up, get up his completion percentage to 70 and beat Trevor Lawrence's Clemson in the playoffs. Fields is a top quarterback prospect who can throw off balance or on the run, can cue with his arm or his legs. He also does learn quickly, which is another good thing to see. A mistake one week was coached out of him by the next. I won't talk about his negatives just yet. Let's see what Dave has got to say. Uh, Mr. GM, I do not believe picking Zach Wilson at number two is the right thing to do. I would go for Justin Fields. Oh, no! Um, Which is interesting because Jim and I often don't agree. I think Justin Fields is a number one overall pick. Uh, were it not for Trevor Lawrence. I think he's superb. The thing mm. is, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields have grown up not far away from each other. Their careers have been twinned. Um, and even coming out of high school, you know, it was there was two names. I mean, Messi and Ronaldo's careers are twinned with each other. Um, Ag- Agassi and Sampras, again, twinned with each other. It's the same with these two. Since coming out of college, coming out of high school, everywhere, there it's always been Lawrence and Fields. Now, for some reason, Zach Wilson has one good season and it's meant to split. Some people have to, mm-hmm. Justin Fields going down at like 10. Crazy. He is by far and away one of the one of the best college quarterbacks I've seen coming out. His action superb. His footwork is brilliant. He never crosses his feet. And he transferred from, I think, Georgia in 2018 yes. as a sophomore. Lost one game in 2020, and that was in the final against Alabama. The only the only knock on him is the fact that some people say he holds on to the ball for too long. Well, in college, you can afford to do that. Um, I think he is the natural successor to, well, I was going to say the natural successor to Sam Darnold, but is I think he is has the, he, his ceiling is so high. He is superb. I absolutely love him. He's a perfect kind of new quarterback. Big kind question of, for you both yeah, then to answer separately, obviously. If if you would if you were to equate him to a current quarterback, who does he most play like? Kyler Murray without the foot speed. Because Kyler Murray's ball release is elite. 
a lot of people underestimate how good his throw is and how tight that spiral is. I think that's similar to what he's like. He hasn't got that instant foot speed, but he's kind of like Mahomes with the foot speed in the fact that you, you don't think he's moving that quick, but he's actually shifting. I don't think he's necessarily Kyler Murray, but he's in that sort of vein. If you bred Kyler Murray and Tony Romo, I think you're probably there. <laughs> um, he reminds me a lot of Deshaun Watson uh, as he was at Clemson. You know, he had some mistakes in his game. Uh, there's, a, there's a slight lack of anticipation on his throws. Uh, he he seems to need the green light before he throws the ball. Um, also, he kind of telegraphs the ball sometimes with his eyes, so defenders have a chance to adjust. Um, and his pocket awareness isn't, isn't great, but those are the same kind of knocks that were happening on, on Deshaun Watson before he came out. He cleaned them all up. And I think that when you're looking for kind of, inta- I know it's horrible words, but intangibles, you know, things that, they just have an it factor. Justin Fields, you can see an improvement. You can see uh, a growth in his game. And I think he's going to continue to that at the next level. I think that he should be the second quarterback off the board. But whether it happens or not, I don't know. Well, I definitely need a quarterback. And as you two have actually, <laughs> for the first time ever in your lives, actually agreed twice uh, on something, I guess the Jets with the number two pick will be taking Justin Fields. Well, we're they supposed to be, be arguing, Dave, about different players, and we're just giving it the same player. This is this is going to get really easy if you guys just keep agreeing on every single play. You know, right, right. as, as I as, as I think we've said in our staff meetings beforehand, I think the top of the board might be there'll be a little Fairly bit of a green similar. top of the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as soon as we get a little bit further down, it will be going for the juggler. Don't worry about that. <laughs> so the third pick is the <laughs> right. 49ers. It is yeah. the 49ers who traded up recently with uh, Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the 49ers, I gave you guys quarterback, cornerback, defensive tackle, and interior line. So, uh, Dave. So if the 49ers hadn't traded up, I would have assumed they'd go, I mean, best player on the board, to be perfectly honest. Um, as they've traded up, I think it's pretty obvious that they are going for a quarterback. Um, now, as a GM, I always want the best player on yeah. the board. Regardless. Well, to a certain degree, but when you when you move up, to third position then it's pretty obvious you're moving up to get a franchise quarterback um now i think they're moving up potentially for justin fields as he's already been taken i think the only sensible option is zach wilson i'm not buying all this mac jones lark i'm not buying it i'm Jesus. not falling for all of that screen and everything like that i'm only i think they're going to look and go okay we've got zach wilson that's where we're going last year 33 touchdowns three interceptions the problem what that i've got is that he went to uh BYU Cougars for anyone who doesn't know they play in the I think independent division and they're based in Utah and there's about about 20 people go there last season normally you have you have crossover of divisions so some independents will play Big Tens or whatever or ACCs or anything like that last year because of COVID they only played independent and he had the easiest schedule known to man that's why he had such a great uh, season now there were six games in 2020 where Wilson posted less than 300 yards whereas uh, Trevor Lawrence had and uh, Justin Fields had at least, had, well, had only had three and four games uh, respectively. The level of competition and his offensive line, the level of competition was terrible. His offensive line was brilliant, and he had injuries in previous years too. So these are all things that highlight red flags. But his talent is off the scale. I think he has every potential to be a very, very good quarterback. The problem is. You're obviously moving off a quarterback who has health concerns and potentially moving on to one that does also. So, question: Would he be a day one starter for me, or no. would I need to sit him? No, you need to sit. 
he's, he's only played one season really um, and the level of competition wasn't that high but his talent's fantastic so you need to set him and you will need to start Garoppolo the problem is if Garoppolo gets injured after you know, after five minutes what do you do then thank you very much Scout Dave Jim <laughs> I think maybe the consensus pick would be to go Zach Wilson yeah I I'm gonna I'm gonna go for a different player for a change same position though and if you want a player that's got the most upside and one that has uh, an even better 2019 tape to go off, then I'm going to offer you Trey Lance. Uh, he had a standout year in 2019 as a rev freshman. He completed 67% of his throws for 2,786 yards, 28 touchdowns, zero interceptions, Punk. He also ran for 1,100 yards and 14 rushing touchdowns. That rushing yardage was also a lot bigger, but college football deducts sack yardage. So... Uh, Trey Lance is basically this year's Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, the guy with the upside. He can already make every throw and run over defenders, but he needs time to adjust and proper coaching to get the most out of him. Guess what team already has a quarterback that can fill in for at least a year so this guy can learn uh, and is known for coaching up quarterback talent? This is the one you want to go for. If you want to go for uh, a lower down score, but not quite as low as BYU, and someone that has shown massive potential then Trey Lance is the one that you should be picking. I mean, that's just not true. It is true. BYU are a better rated school than North Dakota State Bisons in the Missouri Valley Division. That's just your opinion, so man. Last year, Trey Lance, last year, Trey Lance had 318 passing attempts. Well, in his entire career, 318 passes and attempts. Mitch Trubisky had 572. He's significantly less experienced than Mitch Trubisky. But now, Carson better. Wentz went, Carson Wentz was a quarterback that went from North Dakota State. Okay, don't let that cloud your judgment. He is the only <laughs> player ever to have gone from North Dakota State. Only 11 players have been drafted since the year 2000 from North Dakota State, and eight of those were from round five onwards. This division was garbage. What you're doing is picking up a League Two player that scored nine goals in five FA Cup games and asking him to play in the Premier League. Stop Not bringing football it. into he this, looked, Dave. He looks very, very, very talented, but he is playing under 22 football, not men's football. That's the problem. <laughs> he is much better built than Zach Wilson. Okay. He can take the hits that Zach Wilson can't. He doesn't have the injury history that Zach Wilson does. Right. And he's got a chance to have a much bigger upside than Zach Wilson. And also, all right, we're talking about Zach Wilson. Okay. Yeah. He all had right. a great 2020, but 2019 completed just over 60% of his throws, 11 touchdowns and nine interceptions. All right. So forget about the whole 33 to three. The year before that, like you said, Dave, when he was playing proper players, he had a terrible game. Yeah, no, I agree. What about the year before for uh, what happened in 2019? Well, so <laughs> it was uh, last year, He, I think, um, Trey Lance sat out. So it was actually the year before 2019. What happened in 2018, Jim? He played two two games and had one completion. That's what happened in 2018. Yeah, so at least he had a year. Coming in, at least he had starting. a year to learn. But at least he had a year to learn. He's had one season starting. Thought, oh, you know, I had a decent year. I better declare for the draft. I'm going to talk to because... Ember Punk now. Punk, look, when we're talking about these players and their stats, we have to understand that 2020 has ruined a lot of their stat sheets. Okay, we we have a very limited sample size where usually we'd have at least two years worth of stuff. We just don't on so many of these prospects. Don't let it cloud you on these early picks. All right, think about the upside. Think about you know what these players can do. 
And Trey Lance is a dual threat quarterback, whereas Zach Wilson is not a dual threat quarterback. And that's the way the league is going. 318 passing attempts in, an, in his like, entire Because he used his legs career. as well, Dave. 318. Putting aside stats, yeah. putting aside stats for two seconds, mm-hmm. give me the physicality. How big uh, are so they? There's an, inch, talking there's an inch between four? them, 6'3 and 6'4. Um, Zach Wilson's 210, Trey Lance is 226. Now, Trey Lance is bigger. He's a bigger built guy. Mm. Um, there's no doubt about that. But essentially, you're going between a guy who's slightly more pocket and play action and a guy who's more action. That's that's the way to look at it. Zach Wilson is very much action and no, sorry, he's very much play action and move around in the pocket and more of your more of your pocket quarterback, but can move a bit. Don't you know? Don't think he can't move. He's not some big guy. He's, he's well, you know he's well built and he's he's slender and can move about. But Trey Lance is fast and he's bigger built, but there's only an inch in it and sixteen pounds. Now I'm I'm as the forty nine is. I'm looking at who else is in my division. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously you know I've got Russell Wilson at the Seahawks. I've got. Uh, Matt Stafford at the Rams. I've got Kyler Murray at the Cardinals. Um, I'm thinking I need to follow suit a little bit and uh, actually have a bit more of a mobile quarterback to be able to move around and and also to get away from some of these defenses as well. You know, the Rams and, and Cardinals definitely got good defenses. So a little bit of movement to help my offensive line as well, I think, is a, a good thing. So with the third pick of the draft, the San Francisco 49ers will be selecting Trey Lance. I well cannot done. believe you've gone for Trey Lance. That's outrageous. He gets a city year, so it doesn't upset uh, Garoppolo. Now, I should much. point out to everybody to sit for a decade. I've done <laughs> will not. I've done absolutely no research on any of the players as you know, long time, long term <laughs> this stuff. So this is very much me entering your territory. But so I'm literally going on what you guys are telling me this evening. Yeah, you 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 picked the right player. I mean, I've seen you spell, so I know you didn't do college. <laughs> well, no, do you know what? That I think it's a fair enough pick. Trey Lance, Trey Lance has a massive ceiling. He really does. But his sample size is so small, and I can't get away from that. If you're comfortable with that, totally th- cool, and I get it. He's very, very talented. I think his rushing yards are off the scale. I think the 49ers can play the hand that mm. they can keep Garoppolo and keep him reasonably happy by saying, look, you were injured for majority of last season, but we've got this kid that can come in and play as, as, as kind of your backup to start with and then you know build him from there so i th- i think for the 49ers the fact that he's maybe not quite as ready now but has the, has the bigger upside uh in time is probably a big selling point for them isn't there a concern though that your coach has essentially never had a mobile quarterback and maybe he can't coach him just asking he's not had a non-mobile quarterback though rg3 was a mobile quarterback alex smith was a mobile quarterback i don't think there is a, a quarterback in the nfl now that isn't yeah, you know, mobile to a certain degree. Took to the Super Bowl. Apart from, from maybe the old boys, I was going to say, you know, Brady, yeah, Ryan, who, Ryan, who, let's be honest, yeah, there's he, a few he of the, the older boys. With. Oh, and Jimmy Garoppolo, who can't exactly move but, all that well either. But anyone that's 28 and under has has a certain amount of movement available to them. You know, Josh yeah. Allen, and the other thing that they've all got in common is none of them have been coached by Kyle Shanahan either. Look, it's just a point. It's just a point. Give it up, fine. Dave. You're lost. That's fine. Right, let's move on, chaps. Otherwise, we are going to be here yes. all night. Yeah. So at number four, we have the Atlanta Falcons. We need an awful lot of players, but I 
shrunk it down to cornerback, defensive end, safety, and tight end. So, uh, yeah. Jim, you're on the block. Okay. All right. So, first of all, I'm not picking the quarterback because have you seen Matt Ryan's contract? He's halfway through a monster contract. Even even they're out next year. He's got like a 70 mil dead cap space. So as much as people are saying, oh, they'll just pick up one of the, the four quarterbacks, I do not believe them. All right. So I'm going somewhere else. And there are rarely players on either side of the ball as exciting as Kyle Pitts. He is technically a tight end. Okay. But you are drafting one of the best receivers too. He has been compared to Megatron because he'll come down with it despite being double teamed. He's been compared to Travis Kelsey because he's far too shifty for, for a guy his size. They are two of the best players in their positions to ever do it. And he's been compared to both of them. He is going to massively improve whatever offense he turns up at. Okay. And the only thing I ever saw in a scouting report as a downside to Pitts was that he wasn't a blocker. Like, no shit. Half the time he's heading to the sideline to embarrass the defender who's tracking him. This guy is the best non-quarterback in the draft and you should be picking him up. I mean, my, my first thought, so as a recommendation, is that you should be trading out of this spot. No um, trades. I know that. No one's no one come up for him now. Trade, trade this pick. Trade it. Well, no, no. What the reason no one's moving up is because apparently the uh, Falcons are asking for far too much. It yep. will happen. I think it will be on draft day uh, where the trade will happen. But for now, we're not doing that. So I, what I, the, the the point that I would make with Kyle Pitts, and he is make no bones about it, he is my choice as well. In the <laughs> NFL, three things win you games: overall talent matchups one-on-one matchups and winning the line of scrimmage now he is as good a blocker really as most college tight ends you have to learn nfl blocking when you come in and he's as good as most so that's fine he's going to help you with matchups he's too big for defensive backs and he's too quick for linebackers and um defensive linemen so he's that guy who's going to win you matchups constantly um, the next one is special players, players who can do something when you need it to happen. And he can do that as well. I don't particularly like taking a tight end this high in the draft. He no. is not a tight end. Don't call him a tight end because he isn't. He is a weird hybrid receiver. That's what he is. Um, the only thing that's going to potentially move them out based on what we've said is the fact that you've got a quarterback on the board, Zach Wilson, who, as we've said, has only had one year's experience and would be perfect to sit behind Matt Ryan for a year, maybe two. Uh, I don't think they'll be tempted away from there. Uh, I don't think they'll be tempted away from their, uh, you know, existing strategy. And I think they'll go with, uh, if they asked it, it's still sitting at four. I think they'll go with Kyle Pitts. Not sure about the Megatron comparison. That's a bit rich for me, but. That's not my comparison. I've heard people compare him to Megatron because I said because he comes in with double coverage and still takes the ball in the end zone. He still high points it. It's crazy. That's fine. I'm still not sure about it. I'm still (laughs) I'm still not sure about it. Um, I mean, he's six. He's six five, two hundred thirty nine pounds. So let me get this right. Let me get this right. You two are both pitching me Kyle Pitts, regardless of (laughs) other needs on the team. So obviously with the Falcons, you know. I've got, Punk. I've got is, no defense whatsoever, and 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 you're you're both telling me to go and pick up you know, Kyle Pitts because he's that damn good. As a head scout, right? If like this is genuinely, if I'm a head scout, I'm saying to you as the GM, you've you've gone into 
free agency, knowing full well that we're picking at four and that we're probably going to go for Kyle Pitts. If you didn't address the defensive, uh, the second secondary in uh, any part of the defense in free agency, that's your fault. Don't sit here blaming um, scouts for saying we should give you a better type, better cornerback. There are no better secondaries to pick this high up. That's why you need to draft down. Guess what? You're not good enough to draft down because you're asking for too much. So now you've got to pick the best player on the board. It's your fault for not picking him up in free agency. End of. That's that's genuinely my. Yeah, it's opinion. a terrible situation for Atlanta, but there's there's no flaw to this guy. Yeah, it's all their own making. It's their own bloody fault. The only way it won't work is if he gets injured. If he plays, he is a generational talent. Well, so. Just for argument's sake, if Julio Jones got injured, could I throw him out wide, like yeah. like the Raiders do with Waller? Yes. Yeah. And can it? Can he? Can he make all the runs? Can he run the entire route tree? Yeah. Is he? Is he got speed as well as size? You know? Yeah. Do you remember that episode of The Simpsons where they did a special on uh, American football and Nelson was the quarterback and he threw the ball up in the air, ran to the end, ran into the end zone and caught it himself? <laughs> That's the only thing he probably can't do. Like right, legit, okay. he is. He's he's not rapid, but he's fast enough. He'll create separation. He'll he can't be brought down because he's too big. He's six foot six and two hundred and forty pounds. He's massive. He's got great hands. His catch radius is the size of Montana. Honestly, he is the best receiver in this in this draft. And you've got Jamal Chase and Devontae Smith. He is the best receiver, right? Without a doubt. In that case, uh, I think I'm sold, chaps. Yeah. Um, with the number four pick, the Atlanta Falcons select Carl Pitts. Good pick. Brilliant. I just like right, Dave now to know that an... all four of my picks have been taken on oh, by Punk. Been. Just like you do know that. Okay. Yeah, but, yeah, but, we've, but we've agreed but on three, three, three of them. Of them. <laughs> I was going to say, to be fair, you know, I, I never thought, apart from maybe Lawrence and Fields, that you would ever agree on another one. So <laughs> the fact that there's been three out of four agreed on is it's mm. kind of mm. unnerving the thing is yeah talents, <laughs> and we've picked a guy who would be first overall pick in almost any other year yeah so it's you know i i expected us to be agreeing pretty much up until now to be honest uh number five on the board cincinnati bengals so the bengals requirements that i gave to you Mm-hmm. Uh, wide receiver, cornerback, tackle, and interior line. I mean, first of all, the first thing I need to say is you only picked four needs for the Bengals. I mean, that was <laughs> well, the, <one>. yeah, <laughs> it was, it was the same for the Falcons as well, to be fair. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I started with a list of every single position on the ball on the field, and then kind of just whittled them down by 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 players. Yeah. Um, so I'll go first because I want to. Um, <laughs> For me, I think they need help on the offensive line. For as long as I've known, the Bengals have had a terrible offensive line, like really terrible. Um, And I think what you need is a guy, you've got a choice of two offensive linemen, really. A guy who's the best left tackle or a guy who is potentially elite playing across all of the line. Now they've picked up a right tackle in free agency, forget his name, apologies. And they've got a left tackle sort of potentially already. Now, what I would I would pick up Rashawn Slater um, from Northwestern, and the reason I pick him up is because he can play across all of the line and has played uh, center as well. He's slightly undersized at six three for a tackle, um, but his technique is superb. His hands are brilliant. Um, he opted out of the 2020 season, um, but all of his tape prior before that, I mean, you just see him and he utterly dominates pass rushers, both power and speed rushers. I think he is. Potentially the complete offensive lineman 
of his size. There aren't many offensive linemen who come out of who come out in the first round who are six three. They're all six five, six six, six seven, all that kind of stuff. He is without a doubt, I think, elite at everything that he does. The only potential downside as I say, is the fact that he's not off the line that quickly and he can get beaten by a speed rusher. But that's something that you'll naturally pick up. I think he is uh, generally the, be- the best bet for you across all of the line. To be fair, if, if I'm playing him inside, then speed rush isn't so important. No, but the plan, um, the plan in the long term would be potentially to play him on the outside in right, the long term. Okay. But he's a guy... You- bring him in on day one snap one you know give him the captain's armband as well and stick him on the inside and he'll learn so much just playing guard and then you'll move into outside later on you move him right left inside as I say you can play him center it makes a difference you're probably playing long slapper as well if you really wanted to <laughs> excellent good scouting report there well uh, I, yeah James <laughs> Who do you propose for me? Well, I think Dave is talking absolute sense when he's talking about Rashawn Slater there. I mean, he has got the highest <laughs> floor of any left tackle in this draft. This is the guy, Punk, who shut down Chase Young. He has all the technique you could ever want, actually. The only reason you wouldn't pick him as the first left tackle in the class is that Penny Sewell, his, his ceiling could be above Slater's eventually. But um, the reason why you shouldn't draft him now is because actually there's better players in this draft than a boring tackle, all right? How about I propose to you the best wide receiver in this class after Carl Pitts? Uh, and that is Jamar Chase from LSU. Okay, this should be pretty simple. This is the guy that was arguably the best player in that 2019 LSU offense. And that offense was stacked. Chase put up an average of 21.2 yards per reception over 84 catches for 1,780 yards and 20 touchdowns. He has all the traits you want in a receiver. Quick separation from because defenders, great top speed, amazing hand skills, Rejoin that with Joe Burrow. It seems almost impossible to overthrow this guy despite him not being much over six foot. Okay. Chase sat out 2020, which, considering LSU lost every other player on that offense to go in the first two rounds of the last draft, was probably a shrewd move. This guy's more athletic than Amari Cooper in his prime. And I think that you would be silly, knowing how deep this tackle class is, to go for, admittedly, the best left tackle in the class coming out for the chance of having. Jamar Chase paired up with Joe Burrow again. T. Higgins on the other side, who's legit good wide receiver. You can still build through the trenches later on in this draft because it is so stacked. You will not get Jamar Chase in round two. No, you won't. So I agree. Jamar Chase is very good. There's, there's two issues I have with Jamar Chase. The first one, as you say, you know he is a generational talent, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. <laughs> he's not going to win you games at the line of scrimmage, and he's not addressing a massive, massive issue with your team i think they need a wide receiver but you can pick up receivers and this is a good receiver draft i think it really is the second issue is he had 2020 off and when he weighed in at his pro day he weighed in heavy now as a as a head uh, as a gm what you're looking at everything you're looking at what's his discipline like and if you're getting a guy who's weighing in heavy you're sitting there thinking hmm, hang on a minute i'm not sure was he still as focused during the offseason as he should have been in his time off? Was he still, can I trust him that when he leaves in the new year, because let's be honest, we're probably not making the playoffs. When he leaves in the new year and then comes back in April, May, June time, is he going to be fit? Am I, and I'm, can I rely on him? Is he going to be a captain? If I'm picking him, what are we, sixth overall, seventh overall? I want him to eventually step up and be a captain. Can I Can I do that? Is he got all the intangibles that I want? Well, I think the rebuttal, Jim. 
he's the same size as Rashad Bateman. He's actually he's lighter than Rashad Bateman, and he's the same size. Who well, you know, they're a comparable player. Yeah, Rashad Bateman, come out two hundred pounds. His latest, his latest weighing, I thought I saw was two hundred pounds. It's not that yeah. bad. He's he just means he's not going to get blown over by a defender. No, well, you, the thing is, there's different weights. I, you know, I've weighed in at two hundred pounds previously. It was a different type of two hundred pounds. Let's be honest. <laughs> and when you look at him, he, you could. There's there's a photo that one. I saw of him in his last season at LSU and went on his pro day, and there's a physical difference. You can see the difference, and the main difference is because he's weighed in heavy. He's he's not not heavy in terms of the actual weight, but in terms of his build, he's just not quite there. We're used to seeing guys coming into the draft like DK Metcalf, who was cut, like Jerry Judy, like um, Henry Ruggs. These are all guys who you chiseled and Jamar Chase wasn't. He just, he didn't have that physique. And it's not, it's not a big issue because he will be in, he'll be in, you know, full, full shape by the time, uh, probably by the time the draft comes, to be honest, but, the fact that he wasn't at his pro day, it just raises a question. Maybe it's not a big question. Maybe it's only a really, really tiny, small it's question. Minuscule. But it's a question, but it's a question nevertheless. And I think Punk agrees with me. <laughs> he might not, he might not necessarily <laughs> pick the guy that I suggested, but I think he agrees with me about him raining heavy. I think you've both made really good arguments actually for these players. Um, I think you are right, Dave. You know, character does play a part and, you know, you do have to look at those little things. Are you going to be the first in the building and the last to leave? You know, are you going to put the work in on your iPad and and, and learn the playbook? Um, being the Bengals, having picked up my hopeful for the next 10 years franchise quarterback last year mm-hmm. and seeing him leaving halfway through the season with a broken leg, I really need to look after him. Um, I think you can pick up receivers deep, regardless of 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 when they are in the draft. You know, there are plenty. There's plenty of evidence of, you know, I mean, there's one that used to play for the Bengals, T.J. Hushmanzali. He was picked up in like the seventh round. So you know, receivers can come from anywhere, and we do already have Higgins on the outside. So with the fifth pick of the draft, the Cincinnati Bengals will pick Rashawn Slater. Good. Pick. <laughs> <laughs> it's so still pick. all even with picks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. On there. onwards and upwards. Yeah, you have to. You have to protect Murray. Um, you know, it, even even when he was fit and healthy, and he was running for his life the entire time. So, you know, if 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 you're if you're serious about keeping Burrow as your franchise quarterback, you have to look after him. You have to go yeah. um, onto the line. So, moving on, chaps. Number six pick is the Miami Dolphins. Mm. Uh, so, for the Dolphins, few needs again, uh, mainly offensive this time. So, wide receiver, running back, interior line, and defensive end. Uh, Jim, you yeah, want to yeah. First? I mean, Jamar Chase is still. There. I've just talked about Jamar Chase, and obviously, mm-hmm. uh, as far as I was concerned, he'd be gone by now. Uh, this is going to be really difficult to. Um, well, okay, I've already I've already told you about Jamar Chase, all right? So let's talk about the offensive tackle that Dave, for some reason, didn't talk about, and that was Panay Sewell, okay? That is the guy that everyone originally had him go in, like, third overall. Uh, he started to slide a little bit. Um, he is the kid with the highest seed in this draft uh, from a tackle perspective. 
He has elite size and strength. He's at the moment he's just six four and three hundred and thirty one pounds, but he's so quick, punk. It's ridiculous. He needs no work on outside zone run blocking. Okay, he rarely misses on hitting linebackers at the second level either. There is a problem with Penne Seal though, and that is that he is raw as hell. He has a fairly poor technique. Seal jumps up from the snap and looks to be initiating contact. Then he struggles to maintain contact, and sometimes he seems to get lazy and not deliver one of his massive hits you're expecting. Um, if I was comparing with something, I'd compare him to a Mitsubishi Evo 9. Like when he's on a boost, he's brilliant. But when he's off a boost, he's just rubbish. And so it's really weird. Um, he looks like average half the time. But he has the physical traits. I think he'll probably start him at guard. And he will eventually... I think he's going to be just like Laramie Tunsil. Okay, He comes in, starts at guard for a year. And then after a year, he's able to move out to left tackle. And then he is suddenly one of the best tackles in the NFL and either the Dolphins trade him in a couple of years for multiple first-round picks, or they keep him there uh, forever protecting Tua or whoever they have as the quarterback of the future. So though he's got problems, I think he can be coached out of them, uh, and he has got the best upside. So if you're not going to take Jamar Chase, then take Penesio. Um, Okay, I agree with everything Jim said apart from one thing. Uh, and that's the Evo 8 analogy. I mean, I sit on this podcast for an entire year, and every time I make an analogy to another sport, I get stick off Jim. He just made it to a bloody car. Are you having me on? Is this a wind-up? An Evo 9 I'm is brilliant it. when it's got the boost on. When it hasn't, it doesn't move. Okay, I make analogies to cars. You make an I make analogies to other sports. You just made it to a car. Don't you dare have a go at me again. From now on, I'm just gonna make I'm just gonna do it to food types. All right. Pick Jamar Chase because he's more like a bloody cheese string. I don't know. I'd pick an AC string, Dave. He's a heavy, he's weighing heavy. A heavy cheese. He's had too many cheese strings. No, I'd pick Penesol as well. The main issue is you've invested in Tua. Now, you've bought in Jacoby Brissett as your second. So you've got your one-two quarterback. I don't think they're picking a quarterback. I find the Miami pick the hardest because they've already traded back up. Now, what have they traded up for? It has to be for a tackle. You're not trading up for a wide receiver. I just don't see it. It's too, it's too deep in oh, this you can. It's just You can, but why would you? You know, I think the, the Dolphins are just a bit too smart on that. At the moment, they're starting left tackle is Austin Jackson. I think he's fine. I don't think he's brilliant. He needs help around. He needs a good guard inside. And I think you're right, Penesiol will come in um, and probably take the left guard spot from Eric Flowers. Yeah, yeah. Um, Flowers will easily move over to the right, so I'm not too fast. And I don't know. I've got no idea who the right tack- uh, the right guard is for the, the Dolphins. Probably some guy we've never heard of. But <laughs> it will give them options on the offensive line. It will give them strength as well. And you can easily coach if you're playing guard you can learn all the things that Panacea needs to learn the problem is loads of people have got him sort of going four to the to the Falcons he's not going to go four because nope. a lot of people who see him play see the big hits and see him driving defensive linemen into the ground and go oh that's fantastic they miss all of the other crap mm-hmm. they miss this you know him being beaten by the arms of a speed rusher when the speed rushes what's that you know the movement with the arms where they do the sure. arm sweep thing and then just beat him on the outside yeah he gets done by that and you can't do that at tackle mm-hmm. in the nfl because you just get murdered by it and you can't yeah. start him at left tackle you have to start him at guard and miami's the perfect place to start him you have to go you have to go peninsula do I? You have so to, yeah. if if I've got the choice between Chase and Hill, yeah, why mm-hmm. am I going Hill over Chase? If if, Hill, if I've Chase got this Sewell. amazing what? Sorry, Sewell. <laughs> because from a wide receiver perspective, you've got Limbo, who I think's 
you know, fine. Albert Wilson's a good set, a good second or third receiver. Devontae Parker is a Devante good Parker's receiver. good. You know, like Will Fuller's yeah, Will Fuller's good when he's you know when he's when he's when he can play. And Miles Gaskin's a decent receiving back as well. I think you've got decent receivers. Tua is brilliant when he's protected, and he looked ordinary last season because he wasn't protected. So you need to give him that protection. And you two have agreed again. This is getting really, <laughs> yeah. really, really. We can't, we can't really finish or sliding any further, punk. That's the problem. No, it's not possible. <laughs> the problem is on in, the board. in the real world, if this happens, then I think we'll see the Dolphins taking calls because there will be teams who yeah. are moving up and fighting for Zach Wilson. There's no yeah. doubt about that. So in reality, based on what we've said, the fact that we're doing yeah. no trades means this can't happen. But in this world, well, it will. This, they this moved back up to six, happen. didn't they? Why would they move down again unless they got a, you know, a crazy offer? Because someone would come in with a crazy offer because mm-hmm. it's draft night and stuff goes to people's heads. I mean, it, you know, we've seen it did, a million times. Punk, did you hear that? There was a slight tinge there where Dave knows one of the teams that are desperate enough would be the Broncos to come up and give it all for absolutely a sixth overall. Absolutely, okay. I, th- I think the Broncos, the Broncos are are very much in the game for moving up in the draft. Oh no, um, Broncos move up and get Zach Wilson. I'd be gutted. <laughs> I'd, I'd be delighted. I'd be. I'd be. All you'd hear is just literally. Not even you wouldn't, you wouldn't even be on the phone to me. You'd hear that scream audibly as it, it just fills the air. Really, it just literally, you would hear me screaming with delight. But it's right, not okay. going to happen. So. So, so I think I think the consensus pick then is that the Miami Dolphins, with the number six pick in the draft, will pick Panay Sewell. Oh, that's controversial. There you go, isn't it? <laughs> right, <laughs> onwards and upwards. Otherwise, we're never getting through this. Lions, number seven. Come on, number seven. The Detroit Lions. So, Lions needs linebacker, defensive end, wide receiver, cornerback. Dave. Any uh, Dave? I yes, think, I think they go Zach Wilson. I know, Ooh, I know that that's not the position you've given Hello. me. Um, now, a lot of people think that they're all in on Jared Goff. They're not. No. What they did is traded for more first-round picks, got a quarterback who is the quarterback right now, and if Zach Wilson is there on the board, you would be a fool not to take him because you can move off Jared Goff whenever you want. You can move off him tomorrow if you want to do it's not going to cost you a penny you're already sort of guaranteeing the money for Matt Stafford you're not really paying there's nothing guaranteed for Matt for Jared Goff now Zach Wilson needs to sit brilliant we've got Jared Goff there you're going to get first right you're going to get picks for Jared Goff as well when you eventually get him it's the perfect pick for you we've already run through Zach Wilson I think he's a super impressive uh, throw of the ball. I don't think, as you said, there's there's issues with his mobility. I don't think he's immobile, but I don't, I don't think he's a particularly a speed rusher. No. Um, but I think he's the perfect player for the Lions. And he's someone to build a franchise around. The Lions don't have a franchise at the moment. Build no. You know what? I'm, I'm really surprised you've put Zach Wilson there because if 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 you'd picked a different player to push push at that point, that means Wilson falls to the Broncos possibly. <laughs> because the Panthers have already picked up their quarterback, so which one are we it, it is an interesting one. It, 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 it's, it can't. It's too good a pick for them. You know, you know, every now and again in the draft, 
there's gonna there's gonna be someone and it will happen there's where someone will one. drop and go, Yeah, yeah, I can't believe he's there for us. Same happened with Broncos with Bradley Chubb, it same happened last year with CeeDee Lamb and yeah, uh, yeah. the Cowboys. If you yeah. listen to any stories that come out of Dallas, they were all in on other players. They you know, they didn't even think that CeeDee Lamb was gonna as soon as he was there, it took Jerry Jones twenty seconds to make his yeah. mind up. I think it was even his niece who's like fourteen years old who said you've got to pick CeeDee Lamb. Yeah, and you know they were on their yacht. Literally, that's not even a joke. He was on his yacht watching the draft on a big screen. Phoned it in and went pick. That's CD Lamb is our guy, and that will happen if Zach Wilson falls to seven or six or wherever we are. Then he absolutely will be picked by the Lions. I mean, it's a terrible situation Jim. for Zach Wilson to be in because of all the teams you want to go to. Oh, horrendous! Yeah. Horrendous! It's horrendous! Yeah, there's there's no one to throw to apart from TJ Hawkinson. The line's not great. Uh, there's no kind of winning franchise there. They've got another new head coach, a first-time head coach in there as well. But it, I guess it could always be worse. I mean, I've, I did knock on Zach Wilson when I, was, when I was pushing Trey Lance earlier, but I need to tell you, Punk, that, I mean, the amount of spin this boy gets on the ball is just ridiculous. His anticipation is great. He will start the throw process before the receivers shed their coverage, which just shows trust in his own internal mechanics. He can make every throw and make it very easy to catch as well. These aren't like... 90 mile an hour fastballs that you've got no chance of catching they seem to just drop into the receiver's hand as well it's just it's beautiful to watch his tape um he's also pretty intelligent because they're going to Brigham Young so he's probably going to interview quite well with NFL scouting groups so yeah as much as I I was expecting quarterbacks gone now so I was going to suggest a wide receiver but um I I think it'd be silly not to take a chance on Zach Wilson because it does work I've I've won you come on no, no. I mean, Sorry, get... <laughs> I've already, I've already, I'm shown you Jamar Chase. I've told you about him. I'm going to say it again. You, you've heard, you've got him now in your pocket of, of someone else as another option there that is still on the table. He is still a top five, top ten pick in my opinion. Uh, so he's the best wide receiver out there. But if if there's a, a quarterback that drops and no one's picking up the phone or no one's offering you the world, then yeah, you probably could do worse than Zach Wilson. Oh yeah, no. And you got a chance from no, the I agree with Jim there. I agree with Jim there. If anyone's offering you trade, trade, trade like mad. Trade <laughs> fifteen picks and get to spend them all on receivers. Trade like mad. As we can't do trades, you're picking Zach Wilson, son. That's all you're doing. This is this is actually quite interesting because it it's it just goes to show how quickly things can change. Because even though I've given you four players to go with because of the <laughs> yeah. way the board's fallen. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. already we're seeing I mean, that, that you, you can, things are changing. You could disagree with us and go for Chase. Yeah. You, you absolutely could because they need a wide receiver and you can go and get a potential generated generation wide receiver. You absolutely could. There's nothing stopping I you could. doing that. But I think from the Lions' point of view, I think you're right in what you said, Dave, before in that, you know, in a year, if they can get rid of golf, yeah. they can sit Wilson, get rid of golf, pick up more draft picks and pick up receivers you know, left, right, and center. Mm. Um, we've already discussed that receivers are easier to pick up in later rounds. So I think you are both right. I think if Zach Wilson is going to drop to seven, then with the seventh pick in the uh, NFL draft, the Detroit Lions select Zach Wilson. Wow. I did not expect that when we started this, but there we go. Interesting. <laughs> Halfway through nearly. Jesus. Uh, so... Picking eighth, Carolina Panthers. Um, I gave you guys a list of linebacker, defensive end, and tight end. 
Yeah. Um, can I go first again? Because I'm no. going to disagree with those and go for the best player on the board and go for Jamar Chase. Well, that's exactly <laughs> what I was just about to yeah. say, was <laughs> how about we don't worry and we just go, well, I'm going to get Sam Darnold, someone yeah. that can help out and also help McCaffrey out and just yeah. go with Jamar Chase straight away. And All right. Best All right. player. Jamar I think Jim, this is one of those agreement with that. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to go with Jamar. Well, no, you can disagree. You can you can change my mind. No, no. But I'm I'm sitting there looking at my board and. Well, I, I took your uh, I took your list seriously, and I was trying to find players for that position. So, but... Yeah, but you've taken it so seriously that you both picked a quarterback in the last. Yeah, the we lines. did. All right, okay. All right. <laughs> so yeah, eight Panthers, Jamar Chase. Um, yeah. I think it's, this is one of those pick. This is one of those picks where um, the commissioner goes out to the stage, announces number eight, and doesn't even go back inside and just yeah. announces <laughs> number nine because it's submitted so quickly. Exactly. Just exactly. do a two-four. Yeah. So uh, the ninth <laughs> pick in the draft is the Denver Broncos on the clock. And mm. um, so for the Broncos needs, uh, we're looking at quarterback, cornerback, uh, interior line, and linebackers. Um, Jim, you are on the block for me. All right. Well, as the top four quarterbacks are gone, all right, and the the fifth down are not first round talent. I'm not going to subject Dave to uh, a quarterback at this position. All right. So I'm going to go for punter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, punter. Uh, long snapper, actually. No. Um, Patrick Satan from Alabama, cornerback. He is the best cornerback in this year's draft. He's got the pedigree. His dad was an all-pro corner for the Dolphins and the Chiefs. He was the reason that LSU targeted Trayvon Diggs in the 2019 championship game so mercilessly. He's got the size and speed to shut down your number one receiver consistently. He is the best cornerback in this draft. Thank you. I agree. Dave? I agree. He is the best cornerback in this draft. Um, I don't no, no, no. I don't agree yeah. that the Broncos are taking him, though, because we <laughs> just spent big on two cornerbacks um first of all i want to take uh heed with your team needs you went for interior offensive line um yes. that's one of our <laughs> strongest points so last year for example our left guard dalton reisner had 999 snaps gave up two pressures and zero sacks on the other side we've got graham glasgow who is an previous all pro and pro bowl and multiple times we don't need a guard under any circumstances we do not that's like telling the kansas city need a center need a dave our center was to snap the ball our center was a second round pick last year lloyd cushionbury on that basis though he was rated by pff as the worst center in football last year i will give you that however easy he is he was Joe Burrow's center, mm-hmm. and it's well known that you, as a center, you need time to practice. We absolutely yeah, yeah. do need a, we do need help at center, but we already have it. He will okay. develop, so I've not got too much of an issue with that. Problem is, anyone who watches the Broncos knows that we need an interior linebacker. We just do. It's a massive need that we've needed probably for a decade, so we have to go Mika Parsons. Um, it's a reach. It's a reach. I don't think he's a number 10. If I'm picking him 15, I have no issue with that. I have no issue with it whatsoever. The problem is we are filling, we're filling in, we're, we're absolutely filling. It's as simple as that. I think you need an interior linebacker. We don't have strength there. Um, yeah, we have strength for cornerback. You cannot pick a cornerback because we've just we've just picked up two very good cornerbacks and we've got two cornerbacks behind that who are also very good. We have one of the better defensive back positions in the entire NFL right now. There's no reason to spend a number nine pick on another on another cornerback. 
go interior linebacker, Mika Parsons. Well, well, okay, you might argue with the position. I'm going to tell you mm-hmm. right now, Punk, that not only is Micah Parsons not a number nine overall pick, he's not even the best interior linebacker in this class. All right, there are better oh, interior is. linebackers in this class that you could go for rather than uh, the Micah Parsons. I mean, he's like the anti-Luke Keekley. This guy can't process what is going on and gets misdirected out of a game because he's only looking at the quarterback or covering a B-gap. He could be a great Sam linebacker and maybe will improve over time, but there are much better linebackers in this class. No, the only interior linebacker that comes close to him is Jeremy Davis, and he's a second-round pick. How about Zayvon Collins from Tulsa? Zayvon Collins? Yeah. As in Zayvon Collins, the outside linebacker? No, he's no, he's a middle linebacker. Mm, some would disagree. He is, he is ready to go at middle linebacker. I don't know what you've, what you've been reading, Dave. But yeah, there's no way page. he's being picked. Only there's no he way great. he's being picked up ninth overall. I'm sorry, I'm not having it. Well, you just I didn't I didn't offer a middle linebacker at this position, all right? But as you're insisting on the linebacker for Punk, who's the actual one picking, all right, I'm telling you there are better position better, better people there. Zaven Collins is a middle linebacker. He's great at dissecting the play and killing it. He's also a bit of a specialist in interceptions and has the speed to punish offenses regularly. Okay. You can look at the opposition as a black marker because it's Tulsa that he's he's playing for. But he looks to mm-hmm. me like the best middle linebacker in this class. I put no. Baron Browning I mean, before the, Micah Parsons as well. The, the amount of times he lined up at edge as well, because he was he, playing outside linebacker, that no, tells you everything. Yes, he was lining up in the middle. No. I agree. He's, he's a fantastic player, and he should go in the first round, absolutely. But he should go as an outside linebacker, left outside linebacker, or as an edge rusher, in my opinion. No, I think Punk, so what, what is... we've seen here is that we can't agree, so you might as well just pick Patrick Satan as the best cornerback <laughs> in the group. So, all yeah, right, question, question, we don't question, need. question for each of you then. Um, start with Satan. So, uh, what's his speciality? Is he a zone cornerback? Is he a man cornerback? Is he slot? Is he going to play outside? Is he quick? Is he big? Oh, yeah, he's he's very fast. Okay, the only trade-off with Satan is there's a slight lag in direction change on routes. But the whole point of Satan is he takes away the number one receiver in the first two seconds, which means the quarterback's got to move off to the next available. So there isn't much to think about there. He will shut down the opposition's first first choice wide receiver. And uh, what about Parsons, Dave? So what, what what are his main strengths? So the main strength of him is the fact he's what he is the interior linebacker who sits there and controls the line. So he's not there to essentially uh to play in coverage he's there to either rush directly from the middle or be that guy who sits ready to intercept the rusher he's that guy who for the broncos and this is the exact position he will do he is almost the cover interior linebacker that the broncos have not had as i say in a decade and that's why when we play against a half decent tight end they normally rack up treble yards how many times have we seen travis kelsey get 120 yards against the broncos because there's no coverage interior linebacker there it's an absolute fit it's a need fit and i'm i'm sorry none of you i know that you two are very knowledgeable about football you cannot argue with me on the broncos you can't because would you trust michael parsons to be making the but would you would you trust Parsons to be making your defensive play calls day one because that's what you need your middle linebacker to do? He, day he's going to have no, the green dot on because, his head. No, because our right linebacker is uh, Von Miller and our left linebacker is Bradley uh, Bradley Chubb. 
So no, day one, absolutely not under any circumstances. Hmm. What I've seen, um, I, he is not good enough. He is nowhere near good enough as a middle linebacker. He's a dog chasing I, a car. I, I'm, but when I'm, you're I'm, playing a 3-4, which we play, when you're playing a 3-4, you've got someone next to him as well to help him develop. I think he's he is so much better than a lot of people think. This whole thing about play recognition, in, in college, you don't necessarily have to show that because a lot of the time you're given a standard coverage of go get in or just sit back. Right. I have made a decision. Good luck. My decision is that the Denver Broncos, with the number nine pick in the draft, will select Meek Parsons, middle linebacker. I think that's sensible. I will laugh at you when that happens. If if it was actually me picking, I would probably go with Satane. The reason I've gone... The reason I've gone Parsons is because of what Dave said earlier. He's right. He knows the Broncos better than we do. I will defer the same way with the Steelers when we come to the Steelers, wherever they are. Do they have a pick in the first? Oh, yeah, they do. No. Yeah, they're very um, low oh, down. Yeah. They won a lot of 20, 24th or something, aren't they? Yeah. I'm not used to yeah, being down bad there. So. Now, the problem yeah. is, well, I agree really. that Parsons isn't the perfect fit. He's not the perfect fit. It but feels he is, like you are reaching massively. Yeah, 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 100%. If I was say, if I was picking him at 15, 17 or 20, not an issue. I think he's absolutely fine. He is a guy who can develop. He's not perfect right now. We, there's no doubt about that. But he's the, he is, for me, the best interior linebacker. Do you remember, now, the one, the other do you remember when about... the Jags, do you remember the Jags um, picked Blake Bortles? That's the kind of reach we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Simple, yeah. But, but but that's the thing there is normally a team around 9 10 11 that do reach for a player mm. nine times out of ten and i know this perfectly well it's the raiders <laughs> we always reach for a player if we're in that kind of position and i can see the broncos doing exactly the same thing the other so, the other option the other yeah. option and i can mention this player because he's not going to get picked in the first round um there's a guy called chaz certain uh <laughs> or trace chaz surratt, chaz surratt. Now, he plays, I think, is at North Carolina or North Carolina State or something, one of those. And he has only played one year as an interior linebacker, but he's been phenomenal. And prior to that, he was a quarterback. So when it comes to play recognition, it's as good as you get. And I think whoever picks him up in the second or third round, probably early third, I think if the Broncos say, okay, we really like him or someone like Baron Browning, Jamin Davis, someone like that, I think at that point you can go, okay, we like one of these guys, so let's pick another player. We, we go for an edge rusher. We don't have an elite edge rusher, really. We don't really, because we play a 3 4, we don't really have edge rushers in, the, in that sense. So we could go for an edge rusher. Who knows? Someone even like Zayvon Collins, why not? But the fact is, <laughs> we, need help at in, we need help at interior linebacker. We absolutely need help. Uh, right, and yeah. we've needed help for a long time. I think Mika Possons fits that. We'll move off. All right, you've picked Michael Parsons. Can we can we save ourselves some time and just have Patrick Satan to the Cowboys then, Punk? Yep, we can do that. Because there's no way they, no, would, absolutely. they would not pick him. I don't. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, Cowboys would absolutely take the best defensive player on the board. No, um, I disagree. They will oh, see uh, Devonte Smith, this nice shiny diamond, and go, "Oh, I want this no, nice toy to play." No, with. no I know. I, I have to put an, I have to put even, an argument against. Yeah. He, he, even Jerry Jones wouldn't be. Even to see Jerry that. Jones. Even, even Jerry, Jerry Jones. Jones. So yes, uh, 
<laughs> with the number 10 pick, the Dallas Cowboys uh, will take Patrick Sertain. So there we go, chaps. Top 10 all done. Okay, so with the number 11 pick in the drafts, uh, we will be talking about the New York Giants. Mm. Uh, the Giants' needs were interior line, defensive end, wide receiver, and linebacker. So, um, I think, Dave, you're you're on the block first this time. Yeah, go on, Dave. Can I defer? <laughs> if you, you want. can't defer, no, I, as the GM, am asking for your, your pick. <laughs> the problem is that the Giants are okay in most positions. I don't think they're particularly brilliant in every position. I think they're okay. Um, one area that they could get better, and this is a big reach, and I apologize in advance, but it's a guy I love, and Jim knows that I love him, um, Jeremiah Awusu Karamoa. Now, the main reason okay. I love him is because he's an absolute baller. He's like, imagine like a boxing match, and all of a sudden you introduce a pit bull. That's what he is. He's just, he'll go and kill you. He'll just basically say, go get, and he'll go and get him. He's an outside linebacker from Notre Dame, fighting Irish. Just want to say that because uh, it's quite similar to his style. Um, I just think he's one of those guys. He's not particularly big. He's quite a slim guy, but he's like an arrow. He's just a dart. He's so fast, not in terms of speed, just in terms of seeing danger and just killing people. I think he's brilliant. A lot of, ple- a lot of people have him going late first. I think he's one of those guys who the Raiders would fall in love with and just go in, he, he's a football player. He's one of those guys who can just go out and really destroy teams. I think he is. I don't know if the Giants need an outside linebacker because I think they're generally good enough in most positions with what they've done in free agency. I don't think there's a massive, huge need, apart from quarterback, obviously. Mm. Um, but <laughs> I, it, it just feels like a Giants player, if that makes sense. I think they could probably do a with a corner as well. But Did you echoes of Lawrence Taylor. I'm not saying he's as good as Lawrence Taylor, don't get me wrong. But no, no, no he's Lawrence Taylor coverage outside on linebacker. Yeah, yeah. He's, right, okay. He is, but he's one of those guys who will just he'll cover and then break ranks and go and murder someone. Do you know what I mean? He's that kind of outside linebacker. He's he is a coverage outside linebacker. He's awesome. He'll have one on he'll have one on one coverage and then just the, the amount honestly go and watch game tape of him. His tackles just destroy players. And like the players he tackles then sit out for three or four plays after that. He's one of those guys who hits you and then carries on going through. He's sounds like my kind of player. He is you will love him. Like I guarantee you will love him. He's brilliant. Jeremiah Awusu Karamoa. It's a bit of a weird one, but that's who I go for. So from deferring, you've gone in uh Stolen Punk's heart. Yeah. All right. Don't, don't, don't forget, I'm not I'm not picking on the player that I want. I'm picking yeah. on the player that the Giants yeah, yeah, yeah. do. So all right. So how about how about you get a proper wide receiver for a change and help out Sterling Shepard? Devonta Smith is on the board here, Punk. We haven't mentioned him yet, but he was the Heisman Trophy winner in 2020 and an absolute killer in his final year. Devonta Smith is a guy you could take in the top ten and feel happy about it. There were a lot of mouths to feed in that Bammer offense in 2019, but with Ruggs and Judy drafted, and then Jalen Waddle being injured most of last season, Smith was able to mop up. He had 23 touchdowns, and the only game where he didn't have a huge stat line against Arkansas, he returned a punt for a touchdown. There is, I mean, he's 6'1", 175 pounds. There is nothing that he can't do. And there's nothing that should stop you from drafting this guy. But think of like, okay, think of a peak Antonio Brown before the CTE. I mean, that's rough. That's what you're getting. That's 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 a high accolade. To be fair, he he is awesome, absolutely awesome. 
You don't win the well, Heisman unless you are the nuts. Well, can I can I make one counter to that? You say there's nothing to stop you picking a wide receiver. How about you just picked up Kenny Galladay? How about you got John Ross? How about you got Dante Pettis John and Sterling Shepard? And and you're still paying him. You still picked him up in free agency. You've still got Darius Slayton. You've got Evan Engram, who is a brilliant receiving tight end. But let's not forget, you still got Saquon Barkley coming back. I'm sorry, this team does not need a receiver. Similar in why, the way that they why, don't actually need an outside linebacker either. But you know, be that why, as it may. What if I tell you he's better than all of them? So what? What? What if? What if I pick up a receiver and suddenly turn myself into the biggest offensive team in the NFC East? Mm-hmm. Good thing. And. And you know, I mean, you you rattled off, yeah, five decent receivers there. Hmm. Um, Let's not forget though, one of the guys that you say you you say that he's better than all of them. Let's not forget that one of those, not last season, the season before, scored the most touchdowns in the entire NFL. And you're saying that a guy who's yet to even face a snap in the NFL is better than him. I'm sorry, you cannot you cannot say that. You absolutely, fundamentally cannot say that, Jim. I'm sorry. Believe I did. Yeah, but you're wrong. <laughs> you you cannot say that about the NFL lead touchdown scorer, especially when he was playing for the Detroit Bloody Lions. Hey, Lions no, I'm not it. having it. Lions sling it. Yeah, great. Lions are trash as well. It. Yeah, I've just given you a better option there, punk. Okay, so so the New York Giants being the New York Giants tend to not reach in drafts. They tend to play quite oh, safe Jones. and stick to their board. I was going to say. Well, all right, yeah. <laughs> Apart from Daniel Jones, they, I can't think of another time when they've reached for anybody. Mm. They've always, they've always Saquon Barkley gone with their needs. No, yeah. Saquon Barkley True. was not a reach. I mean, they took like second overall. I was going to say that's not a reach. He should have gone one. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I think I think Dave, I think you are reaching a little bit too far there for the Giants. I think linebacker is probably. Of, the, of all the needs, I think it's the one that they need the least. I think they could do with some help at receiver, um, mainly because they tend to have picked up players that like to get injured. Um, if you look <laughs> at, if you look at Ross, if you look at um, Golladay, if you look at Sterling Shepard, um, you know they all miss time. So I think going out and getting a beast receiver will truly allow you to evaluate whether or not Daniel Jones is the man. Um, Mm -hmm. So with the 11th pick in the draft, the New York Giants will pick Devontae Smith. Woo! Moving on then. So uh, with the 12th pick in the draft, we are on the board with the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, the Philadelphia Eagles basically need everything. (laughs) <laughs> um, but I think I narrowed it down to linebacker, cornerback, quarterback, and wide receiver. Mm. Dave? Uh, who's up first? Dave? No, I was already up first. No, you oh. were up first last time. Jim, it's you. All right, okay, okay. All right, so in this draft, okay, after Carl Pitts, there are three elite wide receivers, okay? We've had two of them go off the board. It's time for me to offer you the third one. I know the Eagles have some problems with drafting wide receivers, but Jalen Waddle. Again from Alabama, uh, is a solid pick here. Would you like to draft a slightly taller Tyreek Hill without the child abuse allegations? Okay. I mean, it's he's five too, foot ten. Too perfect a comp. Jalen also dominated on kick returns and catching the ball anywhere, even starting behind the line. He is the quickest guy coming out of the draft. Speed kills. It does. And he's got he's so shifty as well. 
I love watching Jalen yeah. Waddle. So shifty. In his first year, in 15 games, he got 848 yards. In his second year, in 13 games, he got 560. And in his final year, 591 yards. Killer. I mean, that that's something to draft in the first round, isn't it? You <sighs> Davis hey, reincarnated hey, hey. or what? You look at a stat sheet and you think you know the story. <laughs> the reason just he didn't finish truth, the 2020 campaign, okay, is he suffered the combination of a high ankle sprain and a fracture in his right ankle in the opening kickoff um, of the game against Arkansas, I think it was. Yeah, seven games in. He still only got 591 yards. So what you're saying is there's a guy who is rapid but injury prone. Yeah, that's a good comeback. Well done. No, no, I like Jalen Waddell. I just don't no, think... Punk. I don't it's necessarily... One it's one injury, okay, and there's nothing to indicate he won't be ready to go to even walk out on draft night, okay? He'll be absolutely fine. He came back for the championship game anyway. So he is fine, okay, but you've got a special player there. Much better than JJ Athega Whiteside. Yeah, yeah. 17 touchdowns in three years in, for Alabama. Yeah, yeah, I told you how many special. wide receivers they had there, Dave. And Najee Harris running at the backfield. You have to share it around, okay? You aren't going to get that many. Yeah, tell that tell that to Devontae Smith. Anyway, <laughs> the, the the offensive line, there's no surprise in what I'm going to say here. The defense the offensive line for the Eagles is terrible. Is utterly, utterly terrible. Um a lot of people really like uh, Christian Darris or I like Tevin Jenkins I think Tevin Jenkins is a guy who he, he opted out in 2020 it'll take time to develop but suits a power rush offense which I think to a certain degree the Eagles have to move into being they have to be a team that lean a little bit more on the rush um, and Tevin Jenkins is good on either side of the ball I mean he's six six. he's massive I mean he is like properly huge um, I think he makes the, makes the perfect sense he's ready to go day one is he is he my Jason Peters replacement? I mean, you're right, Dave, but that's not what Punk asked for. Uh, I don't care. Well, no, no, no. Punk started by saying the Eagles needed everything, so it was what he asked for. And let's not—you cannot argue that that Eagles offensive line is terrible. You cannot argue with that because it is. I'm not arguing. You know, that. the problem. No, if Jalen Hurts gets injured because your offensive line's terrible, who's the backup quarterback you've got behind him? Joe Flacco. That's what you're giving Ooh. yourself if you pick a wide receiver. <laughs> I love the little Rick Flair shout there as well. Yeah, but there was <laughs> I think to like genu- hotel in, all, in all honesty. In all honesty, right? And this is this is me being honest now. Jalen Waddell is a fantastic pick. It really is. But what's the point if he's only got two seconds to get the ball to him and he can't get any space? Hurts what's the point in doing that? I agree. I agree. I agree with you. But he's never done that in the NFL yet. He hasn't done that. All he's done is fumble the ball nine times in five games. Oh. That's all he's done. Secondly, but I agree. I agree that Jalen Waddle is a very, very good wide receiver. I think that I offensive think... line is a problem. That offensive line is a problem. There's no doubt about it. And I would want to fix that early. I think Evan Jenkins. I think it's very interesting that you've both picked completely different types of players. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you've obviously got the the sexy pick, which is your wide receiver with speed and yeah, you know, everything else that, you, like you say, you know, trying to recreate Donovan McNabb with Jalen Hurts and have, giving him a receiver that can move around. Yeah, you know, it sounds on paper like a great idea. And then you've got Tevin Jenkins, who sounds like Mister Reliable on the offensive line, could be your Jason Peters for the next ten years. Um, you know, it's it's a tricky one, but. Being in the psyche of the Eagles and and kind of how much they've fallen in the last, well, since the Super Bowl, um, I think they have to go back and and you build a foundation. 
before you put the sexy pieces on top. So um, with the 12th pick of the NFL draft, the Philadelphia Eagles would select Tevin Jenkins. Score. I'm, I'm utterly gutted about that because he's my favorite right tackle in this draft. He is very good. He, I, he'll play left tackle in the NFL as well. He will nice. move across to left at some right. point. No, he'll I probably he start on the right and then move left as I think I think you're, you're probably looking at about two or three years when he moves to a good offensive team because he's not going to spend his career how many offensive tackles spend their career at one one team I mean outside more, of more than you realize to be honest maybe if, if they're not guys good. drafted in the first round though most guys anyway um but he'll move to another team and at that point I think once you get more of a solid offensive line he'll move to left I think it makes makes perfect sense but he's he's a guy that's continually developed um, consistently over time, but I think I think you are absolutely right in that picking him is the sensible option. And there are so many wide receivers in this draft. That's what's going to let wide receivers down. The fact that you can go, I there are so I many tackles in this draft. <laughs> True, but how many of them are how many of them are as good as Tevin Jenkins? Jim? No, you see, this is annoying because yeah, Punk, he is the most aggressive player in this draft. All right, he wants to finish. Every single play and doesn't ever seem to hear the whistle either. I mean, he's not happy no, to be no, pancake. It is brilliant. He, like, you enjoy watching him. If he's if you if your team drafts him, you'll probably watch him half the plays that your team makes. Yeah, because he'll just finish. There's, the play. What, there's one particular play. What I what I saw, the defensive tackle comes up to him. He grabs hold of him, pushes him back so far. When the ball goes over his head as it's thrown by the quarterback, he gets done for illegal man downfield. Yeah. All he's doing is pushing the defensive tackle back that far. Yeah. I'm not. That's not even a joke. Like legit, he got done for illegal man downfield. He was like nine yards downfield, pushing the defensive tackle back. It was amazing. Yeah, he pushes him into the drinks tables and everything. You know, he, he doesn't yeah. care. He's not happy. The play doesn't end until you're on the floor. Basically, <laughs> it's amazing to watch. I love well, that's 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 exactly what you want your offensive line to do. So yeah, you know, sounds like a good pick to me. Right, moving on then. Uh, so, 13th yeah. pick is the San Diego Chargers. No, it's not. It's the LA Chargers. California Chargers. <laughs> California Chargers. Those it should be the California it's Chargers. wherever they are. Ooh. They're called the Chargers. They've got some lightning bolts on their helmet or something. Um, now, positions of need. I gave you defensive tackle, tight end, interior line, and offensive tackle. I can start. Uh, Christian Darasaw because their offensive line was rated as the worst by PFF. Um, He's the best left tackle remaining on the board, in my opinion. Um, He's got massive strength in the run. He's improved season on season, stood out in year three, especially had a bit of a down year in year four. Um, But for me, it feels like an easy pick. It feels like a pick that picks itself. Jim might disagree, but uh, it feels like it picks itself. Yeah, you, you've got to go offensive line for the Chargers. They've got absolutely yeah. mauled. So the only thing I wouldn't agree with is, is Christian Darasaw. He's one of the, the people that I've watched and haven't been as impressed, at least in terms of run blocking. Yeah, in, in pass blocking, he's an absolute wall at left tackle. But he's just a good run blocker. He's not elite. He tends to zero in on the first defender he sees when open. It opens up to getting delayed uh, run blitzes. Um, he also overstretches on those plays. So after the time he ends up on the floor, uh, there are better, I believe, left tackles uh, and right tackles in the in the draft still. Uh, my pick for you would be Jalen Mayfield from Michigan. Uh, he had to face premier pass rushers over his 15 starts for Michigan. And he came out the other side looking very polished. Uh, he played most of his time at right tackle, but you could eventually move him over to the left. Um, obviously, a limited sample size, but that's true pretty much everyone in this uh, draft thanks to COVID. Well, 
I mean, that was what I was going to say. He's only got two years starting experience and it will take him time to develop into a good tackle. So you're going to have to start him right. Whereas Darius, or you can start left. He went up against a murderer's row of pass rushers through those starts. Well, he's playing in the Big Ten, so it's a bit yeah. is a better division, isn't it? Yeah, you are right. Um, but again, you know, he's played right tackle predominantly. Whereas, what are you bringing in? What are you hoping to bring him in? Are you going to bring him in and then immediately put him over to left? Do you mean from right tackle in the Big Ten to left tackle in the NFL? It doesn't feel right. No, is Mayfield as good a pass protector as Darisol? Yes. Is he as good in run blocking as Darisol? I think he's better at run blocking than Darisol. No, I think Darisol's got strength in the run. I know what Jim said. I... He, he knocks the first person and then the second one, when he tries to hit another person, he seems to overstretch and fall on his ass. Well, let's not also forget that you know he's playing in a division where he is pretty much the only offensive tackle in the ACC that's going to get picked in probably the first two or three rounds. So mm-hmm. he's playing on an offensive line that's not as good. Whereas if you look at Big Ten, Rashawn Slater's already come from the Big Ten, so the offensive lines are better. So those players around you are better. So it's no if you're playing on a worse offensive line and you're the standout tackle, it's no surprise you're probably missing the second man because there's a hole big enough to drive a bus through. Some interesting logic, Punk. I'll let you decide. It sounds like it. Want to do that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it kind of sounds like you can't really fail with this pick. No, to be honest, they're both very good. I just think Mayfield's better. Yeah, either either or either or would go well. Um, I like the fact that Mayfield's probably had to put up with better pass rushers. Although, having said that, playing for the Chargers. There aren't a huge amount of pass rushes in that division, really. Not elite ones. Um, Yeah, all right, Bradley Chubb. But when you're looking at someone like the (laughs) NFC West, you know where there's there's pass rushes galore. We don't have that in our division, Atlantic. So, you know, yeah, but you're one team. They play you twice. That's it. They lose to us twice as well. (laughs) There's 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 15 other games. Uh, You know, my son was born because they lost to us. All right, (laughs) that's the reason he was born. So let's not let's not over egg it. So. as it's a bit of a coin toss for this one, uh, with, the with, the, with the 13th pick in the NFL draft, the California, LA, San Diego Superchargers <laughs> pick uh, Jalen Mayfield. Well done, Punk. Yeah. I disagree. <laughs> Excellent. Too late now. Excellent job, chaps. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, the pick's already gone in. Can't change your mind now. Three more. Okay, so number... Number 14 on the board is the Minnesota Vikings. Mm. Um, I'm not really sure if it's worth me giving you uh, positions of need because you guys seem to have gone off track anyway and just picked anyone you like. (laughs) So, well, (laughs) but for the sake of the listeners, um, if we haven't bored them to tears already, uh, I gave you safety, defensive end, defensive tackle and interior line. So who's up first for this one? I think it's you, Dave. No, it's Jim. Oh, damn it, Jim. All right. right. I'm, I'm going to stick with, you know, there's, there's a player that slid on where I projected uh, players to go, and that's a defensive end, Punk. And Jalen Phillips from Miami is an absolute beast, okay? According to Brett Coleman, he's a hybrid of JJ and TJ Watt, and I think he's probably right on this. He's got the technique and freak athleticism to get past pretty much any tackle. He prefers to cut back inside through the B-gap than run all the way around the backside. He's also great at adapting and changing what he does if plan A is being shut down. Uh, he is 6'5", 266 pounds, an absolute freak. He can turn corners, he chases down 
quarterbacks, running backs. He just eats players for breakfast. He is the best defensive end in this draft. And he's probably a top 10 pick in terms of quality. Okay. Not in this draft, he's not. Not in this one. (laughs) I'm going defensive end as well. I'm going Quati Pay. Quiddy Pay. Yep. Now, Jim said a minute ago that the best pass rushers, and you picked a tackle based on the fact that the best pass rushers are in the Big Ten. Quiddy Pay is in the Big Ten. (laughs) What division is Jalen Phillips in? Is he in the ACC? The offensive tackle that you rejected based on the fact that he was in the ACC? I think he is. Are we picking divisions Pay is. No, I'm just saying you made the point that we were picking a defensive end. Uh, we were picking an offensive tackle because he didn't face enough quality. You're then saying <laughs> there's an edge rusher that he played against regularly and got the better of, and that's the reason not to pick him. Well, I'm picking a guy in the Big Ten who is a better pass rusher. He's the biggest. He's 272 pounds, massive, 6'4", six, 6'5", six, something like that, and fast. Um, Pay for me is the best pass rusher in this in the draft without any shadow of a doubt. It's fast, brilliant. Yeah, I absolutely love him. Where's he playing? End or tackle? End. They both play ends. He sounds huge end. for an end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. He's See, fast as well. That's what I'm saying. The, the problem for me with Pay is that I would have him more down as in the middle of a 4-3 defense rather than on the end of it. Whereas no. James going to be in the end of the 3-4. No, Quittipay loves to swing move and then go inside. Okay, I think that he's yeah, which more... is why you play him on the end of a three-four. No. no, 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 no. He's not. He's not big enough to be a three end of a three-four. Punk. Think about two hundred seventy-two pounds. About, think about Justin <laughs> Tuck. All right, that's the kind. That's who we're comping for Quitty Pay. Okay, and that's like, a bad. That thing. is best. Cool. Okay. No, I'm with you. Justin Tuck is a bad thing. Okay, go with no, it. No, I didn't say it was a. I said it was a good thing, right? Justin Tuck <laughs> was a great player. Okay. Okay, so if we're evaluating Quitty Pay to Justin Tuck, who's Jalen Phillips? It's a mix between TJ and JJ Watt. What, what kind of a mix? What, okay, J, uh, TJ Watt. Let's say you're drafting TJ Watt. Or the TJ Indian Watt. Room. So he's a TJ Watt. Yeah. So he's slightly smaller, probably slightly quicker. quicker, a bit more versatile. Yeah. I think the Vikings need a bigger guy. I think the Vikings want... Jalen Phillips. Phillips is taller, 6'5". Yeah, but the taller, the taller is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a guy that can play interior if he needs to. Sounds like he's quick enough to go ex- outside as well. Um, Viking, you know, I'm thinking Vikings always like John Randall type. Um, going back to my youth, um, John <laughs> Randall was a beast of a player. Um, so for that reason and that reason alone, plus the fact that I kind of like his name, I'm going with Quitty Pay. <laughs> Sunk good by try. his name. You both make again. It's it's one of those situations where what you're you both like. making good arguments, and it's what you yeah. like. So that's why I'm asking you, who do I equate the player to? Because mm. you know, I kind of get an idea of the type of player that the Vikings go for, and so on and so forth. The thing is, making a comparison of he's like this player, he's like that player. I think he's always slightly dangerous. Of course, um, it is. Well, it helps. Punk. I think doing. Yeah, you've, I think... you, you've got to remember though the, the the thing with this is, Dave, is that I've deliberately not looked a single player, so I've not watched any of it. I've not looked at tape. I, I'm literally going off what you guys are saying today. So for me to get an idea in my mind of the style of play they have, I'm trying to get you to equate them to to existing or previous past players. Okay, 
but yeah, I mean, this is not an exact science by any means. You picked your play and you sound like really despondent. No, 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 no. I'm just, no, it no, sounds, no, no. sounds depressed not. about it, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. I, I just don't like winning <laughs> this much. My You're not winning this much. You're only one ahead. And that's only because yeah, we're on odd numbers. Winning's winning. Okay. <laughs> Uh, 15th pick in the draft on the board, New England Patriots. Mm. So, New England Patriots. Um, I don't, I gave you linebacker, tight end, wide receiver, and quarterback. Um, I've no doubt you've come up with water boy and and scoreboard maintenance, (laughs) but um, so it's me first. Dave, it's on for you. The best tight end in this draft. I'm joking. Um, <laughs> for this, I think they need a quarterback. I know they've signed oh. Cam, and that's great. It's only a short-term stopgap, and I think there's the guy who matches what the Patriots have had success with previously. I'm talking, of course, of Mac Jones. Now, Jones is potentially the most controversial pick in this year's draft. As we know, Bill Belichick loves a controversial pick. Yeah, well, so he's he controversial in the fact that a lot of people, a lot of people are saying that he will go number three to the 49ers. There's noise that he will go number three oh, to the 49ers. I agree. But the thing is, when you look at his stats, right, um, first of all, he's an Alabama quarterback and uh, he's been there for three years, only really played Two. He's the guy who took over from Tua when Tua got injured and never really let it go. The one and a half seasons. Yeah. He had, I mean, there were six games before that, but I mean, they're not really worth talking about. Last year, 77% completion ratio, four and a half thousand yards, dead on, by the way, four and a half thousand yards, 41 touchdowns and four interceptions with the highest QB rating in college football. And by the way, that includes. Trevor Lawrence and it includes all of the other quarterbacks he is the highest rated quarterback now the, the issue is with this he, he normally throws it 5 10 15 yards and then the sensational receivers do the rest and he had the best potentially I don't agree that he's the best actually but one of the best running backs in college football playing with him as well so the game opened up for him there's a lot of criticism that people have he's never really been tested um, overall in his career, 56 touchdowns to seven interceptions. I mean, his overall rating for his entire career is 197. That's his rating. That's enormous. Now, the problem is with him that he's never been tested. He's never been sort of, he's never had a huge pass rush. He's, three of his five offensive line are probably going to go in the first three rounds. He's had it easy, but just because he hasn't done it, doesn't mean to say he can't do it because he hasn't had to dig in doesn't mean to say he can't he's not physically brilliant i'm probably more physically impressive than he is to be perfectly honest um he looks a bit like tom brady not don't take that in meaning he's his genius <laughs> or anything like that. don't don't confuse any of that in the fact that he's not particularly athletic he's very accurate he's got a good release of the ball he doesn't particularly go through progressions very well though that's the problem he kind of locks onto his two or three options which are brilliant options then lets them go now he's playing in a system in alabama where he gets rid of the ball very quickly and it's yards after catch and all that kind of stuff which is great but he's playing in a system where they make you do that. I don't care who it is. They will make you do that. You are playing for this offense, which is all powerful and will continue to be forever. His ceiling is unknown. And if he slips at this position, he should be picked up by the New England Patriots. Jim, 
Who do you yeah. have? For? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I I did have him mocked to the for the Patriots at uh, fifteen as well, but it's difficult to to really promote a guy called McCorkle Jones um, as your starting quarterback. <laughs> I. I would have to say uh, here, Punk, that we do still have um, Jalen Waddle available as a wide receiver option to give Cam something to aim at and maybe hope that next year there's something better to go for. Mac Jones is a pocket passer because although he's not an absolute statue, he's not Kyle Trask, um, he's not known for moving and some uh, some topless photos of him were not, not quite as uh, as impressive as, say, Justin Fields. At the same time, though, he does have that accuracy. The stats are hard to ignore, okay? Um, but he's he's not a modern-style quarterback. Like we said earlier on, you know, the reason we went for Justin Fields over Zach Wilson, the reason we went for Trey Lance, was that the way that the NFL is moving is you need to have a dual-threat quarterback. It's no good just having the people that stand in the pocket anymore. So and Mac Jones is kind of a throwback. I think maybe seven, eight years ago, he might well have been you know, the second quarterback taken. But that's not the way the, the NFL is going. Having said that, New England's a throwback. They might just see him and go, yeah, we can plug him in. I can get some offensive linemen in the fourth round and I've got 50 tight ends to, for him to throw to. So let's give him a chance. I think if... So I would take Mac Jones because you know, I ain't got much else to go for him. Or I think... Jalen Waddle there as a speedster. I think Bill Belichick being Bill Belichick, um, he will look at Mac Jones and go, I can build something around him mm. from the sound of it. He'll, it, I mean, Dave, you were saying about, you know, the Urban Mayer offense and that it's all yards after catch and so on and so forth. Well, isn't that pretty much what the Patriots have done for the last 15 years? I mean, you got so it makes sense to me that Mac Jones is the pick for the New England Patriots. So, yeah, just to say, I think there's every option, there's every chance that they trade up for him as well. Not only do they pick him if he slides to them, I think there's a good chance they go and get him, to be perfectly honest. You never know. Stranger things Ouch. have happened. Mm. But yeah, I think I think 15, 15th pick in the draft, New England Patriots, Mac Jones, feels like a fit. Yeah, and the thing is, as I say, you, you can't say it's a bad pick because no one knows what his ceiling is. You yeah, know, how, exactly. how do you say what someone's ceiling is? And if, is, there, is, if there is a coach to unlock that ceiling as well, it probably is Belichick. I've seen scam reports having his coach. Well, I've seen scam reports where they've comped him to Matt Barkley or at best Kirk Cousins. Yeah. But I've also we'll seen see. scout reports that say his stats are the best thing to come out of college ever. Well, his stats are amazing. Are. Yeah, yeah. He's the number one overall pick, is it? Or anywhere near that. So. He's, he's, he's going 15 in our draft, so... He is. Yeah. Good luck to him. I was just saying, man, if anyone thinks that that's ridiculous, go and have a look at some mock drafts because they've got them going three. Yeah, I mean, crazy. And th- this, these aren't even like YouTubers and stuff. These are... I think MJD's got him going three. Or who's the most other... Most Jones is a joke. No, who's the other guy? Um, Jeremiah. Jeremiah's got him but going. Daniel Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Joke. Yeah. But um, on, that's what I'm saying. These aren't, these aren't just guys. These are these are big names in the NFL. I don't yeah, unfortunately them, so, but... yeah. Right. <laughs> Last one for today, chaps. So 16th pick in the draft belongs to the uh, Arizona Cardinals. It does. Um, I've got them down as wide receiver, tight end, defensive tackle and cornerback. Yeah. Uh, Jim, you are on the block. Yeah. So... Um. I am going to pick a cornerback because 
They've finally lost Patrick Peterson. And Caleb Farley could be the best cornerback in this year's draft. I know I said that about Patrick Satan, but in a lot of early mocks, <laughs> he was the first cornerback going off the board. He is a complete corner, great in man and zone coverage. He has the size and speed to shut down anyone. He also can read plays and adjust to be more effective if his player is not being targeted as well. So he'll, he'll break off his block and go where he's needed. Um, the only big negative for Farley is his availability. Okay, He's had injuries all through his college. He tore an ACL in 2017, and he's dealt with recurring back spasms in 2019, which eventually saw him set out the final two games. Just a couple of weeks ago, he had minor back surgery. Add that to the fact he sat out last year means it's been 18 months since anyone saw him play football. So not being able to play a pro day will hurt his draft stock with several teams. Having said that, you know, he's 6'2", 207 pounds. When he has played, he's been amazing. Um, and like I said, in early mocks, he was ahead of Patrick Satan for a reason. Cool. Yeah, Thank he you. was. Well, the, the, the issue with Caleb Farley is the fact that he was a receiver. So he understands route running, understands yeah. all of that. And I think it makes a massive difference when you go from being sort of the poacher to being the poached. I think that makes an, an enormous difference. Um, as you say, his issues with uh, injuries and the fact that he opted out of the 2020 season because of injuries yeah. um, makes an enormous uh, issue with him. He will slide. Um, no one's gambling on him potentially in the first round. He will slide. Whoever gets him, though, potentially is getting the bargain of the century. 16. I think this is, a, yeah, I think this is a little bit too rich. Um, now, you one thing that you mentioned when you sent us the uh, sent us your team needs is you put wide receiver. Now, since then, they've obviously gone and got AJ Green. So um, <laughs> I don't necessarily think that um, receiver is going to be their main concern. I'm going to go defensive tackle. Um, and I'm going to go to defensive tackle, who is potentially the most controversial pick, especially this high, and that's Christian Barmore. Now, Barmore, for his first season, was very much a third down specialist. He was brought on to sort of create havoc. Um, he's an interior defensive lineman, not really big enough to play in a 3-4, but will easily play in a... Uh, won't play inside in a 3-4, which, of course, the Arizona Cardinals play. He'll play more outside um, as a sort of edge rusher, almost, interior interior edge roster at least anyway um and of course he's going to be learning from jj Watt. so it's the perfect time to go and get a guy who played at alabama um was a starter in his final year played the vast majority of snaps his swim technique is brilliant the one thing you constantly see him doing is breaking his arm over cutting off um the offensive tackle and running around him very very good six five three ten easily the best defensive lineman in this draft and i think it's the perfect time to bring him in to learn from jj Watt. I don't think he's going to be a JJ Watt, don't get me wrong, but I think he's one of those guys who's big enough and powerful enough to really have some kind of some kind of impact in the NFL in the long term. So he's a guy that you're picking up to develop into someone who's going to be very, very good. I mean, Dave talking about okay. picking a bit high, you know, I mean, he even admitted it himself. Christian Barmore, no one has mocked Christian Barmore in the top half of, uh, of the draft haven't. so far. He's, he's not, unfortunately, good enough to go that high up. Whereas NFL, NFL GMs are always looking for the upside, Punk. And Caleb Farley has the high ceiling that you, you would want to reach for because if it works, brilliant. If it doesn't, okay, well, you move on. But it's better to at least shoot for the stars than just go for a guy that, yeah, we can put him in and maybe you can develop. And remember, this is a guy that can be box office. The only, I, the only ceiling that Caleb Farley's been looking at is the hospital ceiling after he has numerous that's, operations. That's not bad. Down. 
I agree what you say, Jim, about shooting for the stars. And sometimes you just need to kind of pull the trigger and go for it, mm -hmm. um, which is why. And I understand what you were saying, uh, Dave, about um, learning from J.J. Watt and turning him into, you know, what not necessarily a J.J. Watt elite receiver. Uh, defensive end but certainly a, a a very good nfl pro however i'm gonna overrule you both no um i'm going to pick is outrageous what it is outrageous isn't what's it? happening considering no no hang on can you can i ask can i ask one favor six let me ask one favor of the draft the arizona cardinals will select Jalen waddle and the reason Ooh. they will select Jalen Waddle is exactly what you were saying. Um, they have picked up AJ Green, but he spends more time on the sidelines than he does anything else. And they've been having problems with receivers for years. And with Larry Fitzgerald retiring, they need a receiver. So I've overruled you both, and they will pick Jalen Waddle. Fair enough. Not acceptable. Fair enough. It's not acceptable. I, I demand a recount. <laughs> no, the, the 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 immediate need with with Fitzgerald's retirement is yeah. another proper receiver, mm. I think. I love I the fact right. that what you have done is gone and got a wide receiver for potentially the most high-powered offense in the league. Nah. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Why not? Yeah, strength on strength. Yeah. Why not? You're gonna you're gonna have to score no, points no, no, to I, win no, in that division. So it's not a know. criticism. It's not a criticism. I think, really I, think, I, think I think with Kirk, Hopkins, uh, Green and Waddle, that's 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 pretty fearsome. That's that's a good good set of receivers to go in with. I mean, you know, like I said, I fully expect AJ Green to miss half the season injured. <laughs> yeah. Um but you know, also we'll suspended. see how it goes. Or suspended. So, yeah, we'll be back later on this week to finish off this first round mock. Uh, check it out on Twitter at Jim and the King, at DenverDave30, at Punk underscore Raider. Tweet us to see uh, you know, what we've done there and, and give your own opinions. And JimandTheKing.com to uh, stream us live. Until then, though, guys, I've been Jim. That's been Punk Raider. That's been Denver David. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah.